All righty, everyone. Welcome to episode 34 of Scooter and the Big Man. The Mets have crowned themselves the World Series champs of spring training. We talk about Carlos Carrasco's elbow. We give you a little bit about Lindor's extension update. We talk about how on fire Pete Alonso is this spring. We give you a breakdown of the hottest lineups going into the season. We talk about the second round of Mets Madness happening live on our Twitter account right now, and we do a draft of the best upsets. Without further ado, let's get it started. All right, episode 34 of Scooter and the Big Man, the Noah Syndergaard episode, PJ. I think I'm just going to start honoring the episode to a player wearing that jersey number until I hit like 99, and then then it's over. Then we're not going to do that anymore. We should have just been doing that the entire time. That's basically what we're doing on uh, the, the opening day count. That go check it out on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, so 34 Syndergaard episode. And PJ, congratulations. Our dreams have come true. The New York Mets won a world championship this past week. We have the video to prove it. You know, the gloves up in the air. We're celebrating on the pitcher's mound, hugging and screaming. We did it. Uh, what are your thoughts of the spectacle that took place where the Mets basically celebrated a, a quote unquote, like as if they caught the final out of the World Series during one of their practice drills? They've they've kind of gotten a little bit of heat and they've also gotten like people saying lighten up over it. So where do you stand on this whole fake celebrating the final out of the World Series? I lean probably more on the, the lighten up side. Like, I don't really care. It's, it's, it's literally just guys having fun. Like you're in the middle of, of March spring training at, at this point is probably getting kind of dull. It's like, yeah, I want to get to the season already. We're, we're at the, we're done with the part of, Oh, we're, we're like the first week of baseball. So of spring training, it's exciting. You're back in the game, especially after last, after last year was kind of weird. Now you're in the middle of a, you're, you're done with like the, Oh, we're back to baseball and you're in, just waiting to get to the, the season. So anything kind of spicing things up, I really have no problem with it. It was, it was just a little bit of fun to get that. Aren't we saying this is why we love this team. These guys have personality and they're fun. Like this is just, this was such a, a nothing thing to me. Like I, I, I didn't react really to it. What did you think? Where'd you lean? Yeah, I honestly, I think if this was any other team, but the Mets, I feel like it doesn't get as much. I feel like everyone loves to poke and prod at the Mets and make fun of them. I really thought it was just, a group of fun young baseball players having a good time on the field. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I didn't, I didn't, like you said, I, I really didn't think too much of it. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, when the video got tweet, like posted on Twitter, I, I said, this is going to be a funny video to kind of like go back to if they do end up winning the world series. Uh, you could be like, how many times is that video going to get retweeted of them? Like practicing, catching the final out and then them actually catching the final out. That video is going to be – we're not going to get rid of that video anytime soon, though. People people are going to post it as, like, a, a jab at the Mets for a while, especially if they don't win. If they don't win this year, it's going to be it, – it's going to – that's that's the video that's going to be played. Let's, let's be honest here. But did you when, – when you were, like, scrolling through and you saw, was your immediate reaction this, this was a fun video? Because mine was just like, oh, okay, and I scrolled past it, honestly. Yeah, I really didn't think anything of it until I saw other people reacting to it. Um, I was like, oh, that's nothing. And I kept going. And then I saw like a lot of people being like, aha, it's the Mets doing this, like such a loser mentality, celebrating a championship in the spring. Like, and I'm like, oh, so really like we have to, we have to defend them for having fun during a practice drill. Like 
I'm pretty sure the drill they did was a 27 out drill where they have to get 27 consecutive outs uh, without like messing up or doing like an error in any way. And they did it perfect. And they said like, Hey, if we do this perfect for the last one, we're going to celebrate as if we just won the championship. And some of the players had some really cool takes on it. Um, They're like, you know what? You got to put some good stuff into the universe in order for it to happen. And uh, you know, like practice makes perfect. Like the players like, didn't say like, yeah, we're going to win a world series or anything like that, but they were, they were having fun with it. Uh, Rojas said he loved it. So I don't understand why people want to hate them at the end of the day, everyone they're playing a game like baseball is a game. They are playing it. It probably gets a little monotonous through the spring when you're doing all these training drills, like you just said. So for me, they're playing a game. They're having fun. They did it well. They're celebrating. This group is so electric and excited to play and be around one another that why would I ever discourage them for having fun? We've had so many Met teams over the years that are not fun. This is a fun young group. You're going to get some silly stuff like this every once in a while, but just embrace it. This is who they are. Yeah, but if we're going to be honest with ourselves, if the, if there was video of the Yankees doing this, I would completely clown on them. If we're going to be totally honest. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to act like I'm not I above that. wouldn't use this against somebody else. I'm not. Uh, absolutely not. And I fully anticipate this video to come back. Like you said, let's say the Mets lose like 10 games in a row in the middle of June and they look absolutely awful. Like this video is going to get retweeted when they're struggling. If they miss the playoffs, this video is going to get retweeted. Um, this might get old taped exposed at times. Like the Mets never said they were going to win the world series. So that is what needs to be said. They never said that this is like, Oh, we are going to win. We're practicing when we win. No, it was them having fun during a practice event. So they really shouldn't get like old takes exposed and like, Oh, like, haha, they said this was going to happen and it didn't. I think people will blow it out of proportion when the Mets, if the Mets were to miss the playoffs or underperform. But this is a non-story. You say if they lose like 10 games and miss the playoffs, this is going to get retweeted if they lose two games in a row. Because, you know, like you said, people just like to poke and make fun of the Mets. I might but, retweet it. Yeah, fuck it. Like it's, yeah. I, just the overall thought, I think for both of us, it was such a nothing thing until people made it a thing. I might, yeah, you know what? I might lean into it. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do. I think every time the Mets like lose, like I might retweet this video. Should we, uh, should we make Mets, should we, pre-make Mets 2021 uh, spring training champion shirts. Honestly, I'd wear it. Yeah. Put in the baseball tee. Do you remember a couple of years ago when they won the Grapefruit League? Like they won the Grapefruit League championship. They were finished first. Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to lie. I was like, yeah, like, let's go. Like, we're going to be good. <laughs> it had nothing to do with what happened that year. Um, but I was, I was jazzed up. I was jazzed some, up. Some would, argue, some would argue winning the Grapefruit League is, is better than winning the World Series. I'm not the one who's arguing that, but some would. That's the Wilpon Mets, PJ. We are not that You're past anymore. that. Um, all right, so let's get into some of the performances that actually took place on the field. We can stop talking about practice. Practice? That's not yeah. bad. All right. Pat can cut that when he's back at his microphone. He's not at his microphone. There he is. All right. Thanks, Pat. Uh, all right, so something right off the right away that stood out for me, Jacob DeGrom. I know that this is almost like going to sound repetitive, but Jacob DeGrom through two innings he struck out seven he did not allow a hit what'd you say you you can't go two innings and strike out seven. Oh, he went three innings i he's wow. that good pj I, I wouldn't doubt it fucked up my own notes jesus all right well he went three innings he struck out seven no hits no walks it was three perfect innings uh and he hit uh, over a hundred eight times 
Um, so Jake's ready to go. I would say so. I mean, it, it, it's insane that he is getting better. He's somehow getting better. I think like, this should be, this should be a man who he's how old, how old is it around the 30, 31? Ooh. So, I'll find like, out. He, he's, he's like, he's like 30 or 31. His velocity should be going down. Uh, it should be like a 97. Like still, like, he's not going to lose like a ton of, of velo, but dude, literally his, his velocity literally goes up every single year. It, I don't understand. He is a genetic freak somehow. They asked him post game after the start. They're like, do you feel like you still have like some untapped velocity in your arm? Like, do you think you could throw even harder than this? And instead of him being like, no, not a chance. He was like, I don't know. Like, well, I guess we'll have to see. Like, it's like, Jake, you're throwing 102 at times. Like, you're good. Like, you're good. Just, just do this. You're fine. Just calm down. You're, you're, you're good. Just, Stay just, season. just do this. Um, but he honestly, you look at DeGrom in these like short stints and I'm, I'm ready. I really think that he's going to go after a little revenge tour going for this Cy Young. Um, I think he's a little pissed off that he didn't get it last year. He didn't really deserve it over Bauer, but like if that was a full length season, I think he would have ended up finding a way to win that award. I don't think what Bauer was doing was sustainable over a full season. Uh, I guess time will tell what happens this season. That being said, did you see Trevor Bauer do the one eye thing again? And he hit a batter and he walked in a run as well. He, he hit a batter and walked three. And that made me so happy. $45 million. Dodgers paid $45 million for a fucking pirate. The one eye bandit. Uh, I don't want get away from that because I don't want to talk about that anymore. But no, the Grom is, is incredible. We don't really have to harp on this more because we've said it a billion times. If you don't think he's the best pitcher in the league, I think you're just kidding yourself. He's somehow getting better. But let's talk about someone else who's been really, really good this spring. Pete Alonzo. This is 2019 Pete. Like Chili Davis said it in the beginning of, of spring at, at the, at the workouts and whatnot before the game started that we're seeing, I'm seeing 2019 Pete. We're seeing him right now. He has been great. He's sitting well over 300. He, every time he, he's squaring up on the ball much better. Like even like last year, he we've established that he didn't have that bad of a season that we thought, but he just looks more comfortable at the plate this year than last year. You know, I, I kind of have an opinion on this too. I'm tired of you just said, and this isn't at you, but this is at everyone. I, I'm guilty of this too. A lot of people just keep saying this is 2019 Pete. Like, honestly, with me, fuck that. I'm throwing that out the window. Like, yeah, he was really good in 2019, but like no one really. I don't like saying that about this. This is 2021 Pete Alonzo, and he is going to be better than what we have seen. Now, will he have more home runs, more RBIs? I don't know, but I think he's going to be an overall better player than what we've seen from Pete Alonzo. So the 2019 Pete, he's dead and gone. This is the 2021 Pete Alonzo, and he is going to be an absolute problem. He looks terrific. He really, really looks terrific. He went dark on social media this offseason. He cut out all that stuff. He was very active on social media. Even last year during the 60-game season, you and I talked about it on these airwaves. He did like the uh, who's on first thing with Pete Alonzo, where he was mic'd up for multiple games. Um, he's not doing any of the stuff that like that this year. He's focused on playing the game. I think he got caught up a lot in the 2019, like, oh, I'm really, really good. And then he took a step back going into 2020. Granted, it was a weird season, but he was kind of focused on more of Pete Alonzo, the personality than Pete Alonzo, the baseball player. 
he is fully locked in on Pete Alonso, the baseball player, and he is a force right now, and he will be a force going into the season. So I want to make a comparison. Uh, it's two people that are near and dear to my heart. Um, you can you can attest big, uh, Pete Alonso and Baker Mayfield's careers right now. Year one. I don't since, like that. Since I'm just saying, year one, sensational rookie season, top of the world. Going into year two, like you said, maybe a little, maybe a little too much at times. Um, went on the social media, like I'm, I'm kind of hot shit. Like I had a great season. I'm going to do this kind of a little reality check, a, a struggle, struggling season going into year three, they, you know, kind of tone back everything, everything else on the personality and focus on their sport. You saw Baker Mayfield had a great, great, great 2020 season. Maybe the same thing with Pete Alonzo. I'm just saying it, it's a, it's a comparison. And then the similarities, not to the same extent, but. You see where I'm going with that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hopefully Pete doesn't get like run down by the cops, but yeah, I, I get it. That wasn't, that was in college, sir. I'm just saying, you know, Baker's not the most like what? perfect example off the field. Pete is like, what a is pers- he? we're not going to get into a Baker Mayfield <laughs> argument because you're just not going to win that. What, but what has he done off the field? That that's so bad. All right. I'm, I don't know. I, we're not, we're not going to get into the, you can't Baker. think of anything. Listen, we're not going to get into that. Proceed coward. Oh my God. Colin. Yeah, proceed. I, I would love to be Colin Coward. Ah, it sucks to be you then. He's a millionaire. He's a troll. Talking about sports, he's paid millions to be a he's... troll. That's a dream. All right, Andy. No, that's not. He's not paid millions. Andy's probably paid like 40K and like All right, Joel Sherman. Doritos office. Joel Sherman has me blocked on every form of social <laughs> media. Every, every baseball account that I make on Twitter, and there's a couple of them, Joel Sherman ends up blocking them within one tweet. And like, and it's not, I don't, I don't challenge him. I just interact with him. And he's like, nope, get the fuck out. He blocks me every time. So me and Joel, Sher- Joel Sherman might be more of my nemesis than Andy Martino ever is. Mm, this is, that's a. Andy I, did block me too, though. So Andy's I, blocked us on everything. Andy took a lot more punches though. Yeah. And he responded, not, he responded to a DM once. So shout out him. If there's anything nice I can say about Andy Martino, it's, it's that, that he actually responded once. Um. All right. So yeah, Pete Alonzo looks absolutely terrific. I'm, beyond excited to see what his full season of work is going to do. Um, you know, I think there was a lot of people this offseason with how good a season Dom Smith had. A lot of people were kind of being like Dom maybe should start at first if they had like, you know, not over Pete, but a lot of people were trying to be like put Dom there if there was a DH and I think like, you know, Pete wants to claim that one bag like he said where that like this is my spot. You are not pulling me off this base, whether there's a DH or not. This is going to be my spot because he's already said that he wants to play the field. He doesn't want to be a, like, Hey, you're just a hitter. He wants to be a complete overall player. So I like Pete being quiet this off season, putting in a shit ton of work and showing up to spring training and just in piss missiles. So let's go Pete. Pete fuck bombs is back. Yeah. Uh, Polar, Polar Pete. I don't really like the name Polar Pete, but like, you know, if everyone's with it, I'm with it. I like the big man. I'm cool with the big man, uh, clearly. Um, anyone else stand out to you this week? I guess a couple people did. I just want I had a note just saying like, it's so nice that the Mets have speed. Um, mm. This is something that we haven't had in a while, but we finally have some people that can come in off the bench and steal a base. Like you have people like Polar and then you have people like Volar. All right. Well, you know what, PJ? I'm fucking done with you this episode already. VR, we know pronunciation's not my thing, but 
Yes, we do know that. Both those guys capable of coming in and stealing a bag is huge to finally have some speed. And honestly, like, I don't know. This is shooting from the hip. I don't know if Amora can steal a bag, but he's he's pretty quick. He reminds me, though, of Ligaris, like where they're quick in the outfield, but it doesn't translate to the base path. But just to be able to have a couple guys out there who can run is 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 nice. It's a change. Finally, it's a change to see people that can steal a fucking base for this team. I think we look. I think we looked up. Amor is not much of a base deal. I think he has like four or five career stolen bases. Yeah, we looked so up in the previous episode. It's probably it's like the same thing as Lagar's. Really, like speedy in the outfield, just doesn't run the bases that well, or in terms of just stealing bases. But I'll tell you what, Amora looks good out there, though. He does look really good. He's making some nice freaking catches, some nice web gems from Albert. Amora. But the thing, but the thing is, too, it's it's uh, Amora looks re- looks really good in the field. His bat hasn't been that as all as bad as like we were, we were thinking it might be. Kevin Pilarsman looked really fucking good too. Like he had he had like the one game the the spring training game that I went to. He had a few uh, gaps in the outfield, but overall, like his glove has been has has been good, and he's been hitting really well. I think he's also hitting over three hundred too. But the other guy who has impressed and has been impressive going into last season too was Luis Guillorme. Like yeah. so, I mean Guillorme alone today. Uh, we're recording this late on Sunday night. If this was the regular season, he would have had a, a major league record for the longest plate appearance ever. Uh, it was 22 pitches that he had today, and he wa- he worked it into a walk. So the fact that he made the guy throw 22 pitches to start the inning, and then he gets on first base, like if that was the regular season, you'd be losing your mind. You'd be like, this is a great way to start off. I mean, I mean, it was cool to watch just watching the dugout, Pete Alonso, Dom Smith, uh, Pete Crow Armstrong, even like watching them rally around a spring training at bat that turned into a walk and then watching them lose their shit over that being a walk. Uh, it was hysterical. The only thing that made it worse is that Gary Apple was the announcer for it and not Gary Cohen, but I mean, still a cool moment. Dom's reaction to when it was uh, it was like two and two, like 19 pitches in he t- he took a ball. And I think Dom thought it was a three, two count. And I was like, no, 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 uh, it, it's three, two. Now he goes back into the diet, like slumped back hand on his head. Like what? Fuck, it was it was hilarious. But the most impressive part, I don't think anyone's like really recognizing that at bat started off 0-2. He he yeah. worked he worked the count up from from 0-2 to a walk. That was very impressive. But we knew we know his glove is fantastic. His bat looks like it's gonna it's it's a thing now. Like last year, he hit 333. This spring, he's still been good. Is there is there a case we made of Guillaume starting? So can I talk to you about Luis Guillorme? Can, can we have a conversation that is a judgment-free conversation on this? Yeah. Up until maybe, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, I, I wasn't sold on him still. And I felt like I was the only Met fan not excited about Luis Guillorme, like at all. Like I feel like a lot of Met fans are like turning him into like a current day Wilmer Flores, where he's just universally beloved. And I was like frustrated with myself that I wasn't, I wasn't getting on that. And I wasn't like feeling like the genuine excitement for Lee. Uh, wow. What a Luis. fuck up. Luis Guillorme. I wasn't feeling the, the level of excitement. And I think honestly, it's because like, I really like JD Davis mm-hmm. on and off the field. And in my head, I was like, if this guy plays really, really well, JD is in trouble of potentially losing that spot at third. And this is really the only guy in the active roster who can really take that from him. 
So I think it was more like I got like defensive over JD and I've never really said any of this out loud. I'm trying to like speak through why I feel this way about him. I'm starting to ask myself the same question though. Like why, why isn't he starting or why isn't he, why isn't it more of a conversation for him starting? Why is it JD Davis is our third baseman? Why isn't it? This is an open competition let these guys slug it out because I mean, Guillaume has got a 10 times better glove mm-hmm. and it, like, that's not even a competition. And you know, the only thing that puts JD above is maybe the power at third, but it, right now Guillaume has shown that he can hit for some average. And if JD struggles to hit, I'm not saying he will, but let's say he struggles to hit 270. How do you make the argument for JD over Guillaume? I think that I mean, I think you hit the nail right there. I think the the only argument really for JD at this point is is the power on the bat, and he also has a cannon arm at, at third. I'm not saying like Yorme has a good arm too, but JD Davis has a cannon for an arm. It, it's tough. Like I said, I I I was watching Yorme last year. I, I was in on him, um, but I was still always you know JD's the third baseman. Guillaume, I like, I like him. He's definitely a, a lock to make the, to make the team. But I thought he'd just be a utility guy. I think it would be more of a conversation of Guillaume starting if McNeil could play third base. I think if McNeil really showed that he could play third base, you could, I think you can justify more putting Guillaume starting at second and having that ridiculous defense up the middle of Guillaume and, and Lindor. Oh my God! Would that middle infield be fun? We already saw that the first two plays of the game. They both made spectacular plays. But today we, we already know J- Jeff can't play third. That's that's the thing. Then yeah, that, Jeff Jeff looks Jeff is looks worse. Lost. Jeff might be worse at third than JD. I think so because I don't think he has the arm that JD has to even make up for it. No, no. I mean JD does like a nice. If you watch him, like he like almost like double pounds the double his clutch mitt, and... the double clutch, but he can make up for it sometimes with having like like a, a monster of an arm. Um, but, he did make up for a, bit, a little bit last year. I, I noticed. I noticed him doing that less last year. But I mean, time will tell. But I, again, I, I, and I still, I love JD Davis. I really do. And like you look at this young core, and this is like a, the little bit of like a homer feel. I feel like I know JD like wasn't drafted by the Mets and isn't like fully homegrown, but he gives you that feel like he is, right? Doesn't he feel like he's, he's, a, just, he's a Mets guy? He's just one of us. Like he's one of our guys. Um, I also, I don't know if you've ever watched this, uh, him and Dom Smith do the cookie club with Steve Gelbs. It's a Steve show they Gelbs. do on SNY. Uh, I actually watch every episode. I think they're really funny. JD and Dom together are hysterical and Steve Gelbs plays off of them so well. And like, I just, I, I root for him because he's a guy that you want to be. He's super personable. He's nice with the fans. He's just a likable guy and he's good and he's young. And like you want him to succeed, but at the end of the day, like what makes the New York Mets better? JD Davis at third or Luis Guillorme? And it's close now. I don't think it was close in Met fans' heads up until maybe like late last year, early this spring. But going into opening day, if this trend continues going this way, it's gonna be tough. I think I think JD is still gonna be the starter at third base come opening day. So barring any, barring any like injury or anything, obviously. But I think if his if he continues to struggle defensively, like he doesn't have to be spectacular at third. He should just be average. Just make the routine plays and you'll be fine at third. Uh if but if he doesn't make those, 
and he's hitting like 240, 230. He might be on a short leash, and they might and they might pull him and, and see what Guillaume does at third, like as a full time guy. But only time will tell. Time is also telling us right now that Edwin Diaz might be lining himself up for a monster 2021 season as the Mets closer. Uh, credit to me for I think the the clean slate. I said it last week. I'll say it again. Uh, I think this is all you can just give me my give me my congratulations for uh, solidifying Edwin Diaz because uh, he has the weight lift off his shoulders of, of me being on his back. Now, not anymore for right now. I you know what? I love a good like I told you so story. And I feel like Edwin Diaz is going to have that. Like I told you, like I was good, like and all that stuff. If he can go out there and dominate, because obviously there's a lot of question marks around Edwin. And like, just like proving like, hey, by the way, like I'm still fucking good. I think he's going to have that feel to him this season. And I, I really hope he does because I, you know, they need him to, they need him, but also just on so many different levels, relievers are so, especially closers are so they're almost like the wide receiver of major league baseball, like where they're kind of like a little bit of a diva. And if things don't go their way, they get a little emotional. Do you disagree? You don't think closers are emotional? I think closers are emotional. I wouldn't, I, I don't know why the, the comparison to a wide receiver, I don't think is, you don't think closers are divas. Not, not, not terribly. Oh, okay. Not, not like, not like enough to be like, Oh, they're They're like a lot of, because a lot of wide receivers are categorized in that diva sense. I, I don't know if like the same, like amount of closers, I would, I would say are like divas. But like, I don't think like, you're, you're saying Edwin D Edwin Diaz. Diva. I guess that's true. He's not a diva. He's not a diva. He's like, maybe, maybe he, he goes off emotion. That's, that's, yeah, he and okay, so like Jonathan Papelbaum was a diva. Yeah, that's true. I'm trying to think like he he relies so much on I feel like the results, and if he gets multiple good results, he's gonna feel himself and he's gonna dominate. But if the bad pile up, he has a hard time getting himself out from under the bad. I agree with that. Okay, so that's not a diva. So I take back that. But the like being able to ride off of the emotion. Like if they can get hot early, he can dominate all year. If he starts off like April, letting go a couple big home runs and blowing a couple saves, I'm going to be nervous again. But right now, Edwin Diaz looks unhittable. That's the that, that's the mark of of a good pitcher, mostly like a good closer, especially if you can if you have like the that bad outing. And it's the same thing for for starters too. We saw this with Stephen Matz, the the emotional or the the cognitive. Um, ability to to get over at a bad situation um if you have that one bad outing or one or two in a row you have to be able to put that behind you and go back out there and do your thing that's what makes a good closer and a good relief pitcher good is that they can put that behind them because in that sense i do agree with you that a lot of relief pitchers do have that a lot of pitchers in general have that oh if i'm six outings in a row i'm shut down i'm feeling good right now but if i have three or four bad in a row i'm i don't know where what i'm doing right now so I, I agree with that in that, but the makings of a good closer, that's what separates the good from the great closers is can you put that behind you more often than not? Yeah, no, totally agree. I'm excited to see what Edwin can do for us yeah. this year. Um, let's get into something that's not as exciting. And that might be Carlos Carrasco's elbow right now. Uh, we have not seen our boy pitch in a spring training game just yet. Uh, he does have some elbow soreness. There doesn't seem to be too much concern on the Mets side. Um, but, you know, we kind of got through like the first two weeks of spring being like, how come he hasn't pitched yet? And it was kind of like a weird feeling where you started being like, I hope everything's all right. Mm -hmm. But then if you looked at like social media and stuff, you always saw him throwing bullpens 
and you always saw him on the practice field. So there wasn't a lot of concern, but you knew something had to probably be up the fact that we hadn't seen him just yet. And we're pretty deep into spring. Yeah, no, it came out that he was dealing with some elbow soreness, but like you said, no one seems really concerned. Carrasco had a press conference. It was either t- earlier today or Saturday where he said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be good for, for my next, for my first start. I think opening day. I don't know if he says he's going to pitch spring. He definitely, he said, I'm going to be ready by opening day, but then it kind of turned around where Luis Rojas didn't commit as much where he said, Oh, we're, we're just kind of seeing, seeing how it goes. So I don't really know. I tend, I don't know. I would tend to believe the player that's actually happening to, but Rojas not being as committal to what Carrasco is saying, put a little doubt in my head. So I'm a little nervous on that, on that front, but it doesn't seem like a serious thing. That's, that's the main thing. So hypothetically, Carrasco is not ready for opening day. Five spot, five, the five starter spot is kind of up in the air right now. Guys are battling out for that spot. If you had to fill two spots, though, who do you think your two spots would be in a rotation if you had to go one week without them? Well, that's also something I was going to bring up uh, later. Who's who's winning the fifth spot right now? And that's kind of going to be the, the similar thing. Like, what two? You would think it's probably going to be any two of Peterson, uh, Lucchese, and Yamamoto. Right now, Yamamoto has looked the best. Yamamoto looks really good. He looks very good. He he looks like he might be in the lead for that fifth spot right now. He's pitched, like, I think it's like eight and the third, uh, one five ERA, under a one whip. He's looked very, very good. Peterson has looked has his stuff has looked good at times, but he's at like a four ERA and a one three whip. He's not looked as sharp, but it, as sharp as a whole. But he's had the spurts of looking really good. And Lucchese and his he only had the one out. And he went two innings. He struck out like three. He looked very good, but a smaller sample size than the other guys. Uh, so I think I would just go. I would go Yamamoto and Peterson. But if I'm going with the the one fifth spot, right now it's looking like Yamamoto. Yeah, and I, I even love everything I'm hearing from Yamamoto in the in the press conferences after. He is so positive, and he's not really worried about, like, the competition. He's just worried about going out there, trying to help the team, and being positive. He just has a good mentality mm-hmm. that would fit very similar to what we have going on already with this team. He's just such a – he's a really nice fit, and I'd be interested to see if he can can, can keep this up through the spring and, and win that five spot. Uh, obviously, uh, the – Jared Yakoff, Yakoff, Jackoff fan club, not going so well. Uh, like I one said, one person fan club, party of one. I think that we'll still get our spot start sometime in June, and we'll all get to freak out together. Until then, um, going back to the OG fan club, uh, my boy Corey Oldswalt threw two innings and struck out five. PJ, he looked really good today. Five starter Corey Oldswalt. No, you want to get on the bandwagon? No, I'm good. Why don't you get on one of my bandwagons? I'm on the Yamamoto train. I can't get on a train when I have a wagon. That's fair. You, no, I. Pat, Pat you want to like Corey Oswald? You are dummy thick. You, you want to get what? What you said? You said you have a wagon. No, not Jesus. Oh, Pat. Are we talking about? Uh, this is the family uh, show. I don't want you on the wagon anymore. Mm. Nope. <laughs> nope. Um. No, I got the two martinis. All right. All right. Uh, no, Ozil looks really Go good. Sit back. Don't <laughs> lean back. Prepare your, prepare your, your draft. Um, no, Ozil looked really good today. He, he really did. I'm, I'll admit that. I want him to. I want everyone on the Mets to be good, just because I, I, I talk shit. I obviously want them to be good, but I don't think he should be the fifth starter. No, neither do I. 
He could be but, one of the, the spot starters again. I think he's going to get pushed down a little bit now that we have more guys. But he's he's a breaking case of emergency kind of guy. Sure, keep him in, keep him in the uh, gun to your head. Uh, you never answer these gun to your heads, but can you answer this one? Corey okay. Oswalt, Jared Eikhoff, you need to start. Corey Oswalt. Oh, let's go, Corey. Um, so you talked about how you were able to watch Corey Oswalt pitch today. You know what's really frustrating this offseason, uh, not offseason, spring training, PJ? Not being able to watch Jacob DeGrom pitch? Not being able to watch Francisco Lindor not or Jacob DeGrom or any of these guys fucking pitch. I got to watch these random fan videos from like, or like the press uh, press videos that they're taking on their iPhones. I don't understand why MLB just can't get with the times. I mean, they're so behind on so many different things. And we we rag on them all the time for being behind. But like, come on. We just want to watch. We want to watch our guys. We're ready. We're excited, and we can't. It's like it's 2021. We should. You should be able to air spring training games, even if it. Even if it's not like you can't get like the S and Y crew over to another spot. You don't want to risk travel. Like you, sh- like the Astros, or like the Tigers, or whoever the fuck you're playing, should be able to broadcast that. And you should be able to put it like on MLB Network at least. I would. Or, you should, or you should be able to do kind of what they did uh, last last year where the other team's crew, their network filmed the games and you just had your announcers announcing them like from home. Like you can't do that. Like, come on guys. I would even listen to Pat call spring training game for all I care. I'd do it in the SPN broadcast. Pat, what would be your home run call? Uh, there it goes. Fly, fly, my child fly. You missed the golden opportunity. What was the opportunity? Uh, there's a deep drive to, uh, to left field. And uh, that's not a home run Castellanos. Fly, 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 my child. Fly, fly, my child. It's like the wicked witch. I'm going to give Brian an opportunity to take back what he said. I, I That you'd rather listen to Pat just call a game. I would do it. No, i keep that. i just yeah. mute it. After two <laughs> martinis, it'd be a great game to call. Why? Why what's it, you are on a martini kick? I don't think I've ever even, I think I've had one martini in my life. PJ, do you have a home run call that you would do? I've, have you ever thought about that question, though? Not really. I'm going to be I, honest. I think I have. I think I, like, I would do like back, no, back at the track, at the wall, goodbye baseball. I think I would do something like that. Like back at the track, at the wall, goodbye baseball. I think I would, I would do that. I think I would just replicate burn. Back, 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 back. I love that. That's I would just, I like co- I'm, I'm pretty sure I just copied that. I think mine's from backyard baseball, though. I haven't played backyard baseball in a minute. Some of those backyard baseball calls, though, were they were electric. I'm pretty sure the one I just said was from backyard baseball, though. That, I wouldn't that, doubt it. it sounds I don't like think it. that's original. I think that's like 2000. By the way, if we're going to get off tangent, 2001 backyard baseball is one of the greatest computer games ever. Like that game was electric. Mike Piazza, though, slow as shit. If you ever played that game, you, Piazza would only get singles. He'd hit them off the wall and you can only run the first and then he would get thrown out going to second, like on the next play. Very quickly, while we're on this tangent, what's the best sports video game ever? Ever. Aereo Baseball. That's not a bad one. Um, it's a good game. Best it's an easy sport, question for me. Best sports video Ooh. game ever on any console. Any console ever. PJ, you, these are questions you have to prep for. This, uh, is, the, this is the easiest answer we, of, my, of my life. I know you're going to – you're probably going to say NCAA. No. Uh, man. I, you know what? I'll just say I'll, – I'll say mm, – I'll say 2001 backyard baseball. I'll say that. MVP baseball 2005, the, the best sports video game of all time. Who's on the cover of that? Is that right? Manny Ramirez. Oh, no, it's Manny. No. Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. 
<laughs> for Wii, it's a great look, game. Pat, you look like a monkey balls kind of guy. Uh, I didn't have like the dexterity to be good at that game. Big right, worthless. Like, I, I think that's probably why I suffer from vertigo now. That game probably messed my brain up. You could probably sue them. Um, let's get back to baseball. All have right. You were a loved one. Been, oh, sorry. To quote, uh, to quote Steve Cohen, uh, back to the Mets. Oh, wait, oh, sorry. Wait. And I just want to correct Brian. Uh, this might be good or bad. I looked up trying to see maybe if he did steal that catchphrase. Uh, Michael K for the Yankees says, back, track, wall, see ya. That's the closest no, not the I got same. so far. It's not the same. I said, back at the track, at the wall, goodbye, baseball. That is not the it, same. It just, you sound like a store brand Michael K call. Mm, cut that. Don't say that. <laughs> PJ, I, I, what, do you, what do you got for me? You just said Steve Cohen. I want to talk how I'm grateful for him. All right, let's hear. I got my, my, my Steve Cohen oh. King shirt on. Good, uh, good podcast radio right there. PJ's yeah. wearing a shirt. Everyone could see that. Um, so I'm thankful for Steve Cohen on this wonderful Sunday, March 14th evening, because the runner up to buy the Mets was Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez. And there is trouble in paradise where our lovebirds who were engaged have now called off their engagement and they both would have owned pieces of the Mets. And could you imagine going into opening day all excited for this Mets roster? Frantic. I don't think we would have Francisco Lindor or half this roster, but let's say we did. Imagine going into opening day and having this happening around the team where it's going to get split. Who gets the Mets? We're like the lost child. Who would have us as, or and honestly, it'd probably be J-Lo. I feel like J-Lo would have ended up with us somehow. But thank God that didn't happen. Thank God Steve Cohen owns the Mets. Thank God we have Francisco Lindor and all these great talented players and we're excited for this team because that would have been a shit show and that would have been classic fucking Mets. J-Lo, J-Lo and A-Rod breaking up, uh, getting a divorce while owning the Mets and having to split split the, the Mets is the most Mets thing of all time that I'm shocked it hasn't it didn't happen. We're it, in it, we're in different times. We are. And I'm so I'm so thankful when we before every show we go through kind of our, our topics what we got. I literally just have written down uh, thank God for Steve Cohen. Cause that would have been just the ultimate shit show. It there have been like some bad stuff that, that happened to the Mets this offseason, you know, the Porter stuff, kind of like the Callaway stuff, uh the the Cohen kind of getting uh rat, uh kind of the on Twitter stuff, him him going away because he's getting like attacked and and all that stuff so there's some some bad uh Mets getting clown for not getting the quote all the top guys we got Francisco Lindor suck my dick um but in the same week we had the the A-Rod and J-Lo kind of thank god they didn't buy the team because it would have been a shit show and the Bauer one eye close him blowing up and hitting a batter and and three walks it's kind of it's kind of like a good a good feeling like all right you know two of the things that was uh kind of looming over the off season. Uh, the bad things happened to them and we're good over here. Nothing, nothing to clown on us at that point for those two things. All right. So we do have a couple other things we want to get into. Um, we do have another breakdown. We're going to be doing a breakdown of the top five lineups in all major league baseball. Uh, we also have a draft of upsets before we get into that. I feel like this is always the thing that we've been transitioning with. Um, I just want to also give another quick topic about Francisco Lindor and Michael Conforto and these extensions. PJ, what is your level of concern with not signing Lindor or Conforto yet on March 14th? If I'm going to be honest, I think I'm at the same spot I was last week. Okay. There, there, there's more, there's more of the, um, we're working on Lindor's and then we're going to work on Conforto's, which I think is the, the right order, I guess. Uh, 
not much new stuff on my end, if I'm going to be honest. Well, the only thing I'll just add on this real quick, because we've already talked on this and there's nothing to report. I'm not really nervous yet. And I, I'm not even nervous that we haven't heard too much about it. Um, because any move the Mets really did this offseason, it kind of just like, boom, it happened. So mm-hmm. they've done a good job of kind of keeping their shit in-house. Um, so anything that's actually happened has been quiet until it's happened. Anything that they've been linked to and rumored to for a while, it seemed they like missed out on. Like they were rumored and linked to Bauer. You knew all the stuff they were offering Bauer. They were rumored and linked to Springer. You kind of knew the stuff they were offering him. Any of the stuff that was out there for a while on social media didn't pan out. So let's keep everything quiet and in-house. And hopefully we'll just wake up one morning and see Francisco Lindor and Mets agree to monster extension and we could all celebrate. That would be ideal. So uh, before we actually even get into our lineup breakdown and draft, we've been doing something pretty cool on Twitter uh, called Mets Madness in honor of March Madness going on with the NCAA tournament that's going to be starting in just a couple of days. So what we did is we took 32 Mets moments. Our, we kind of broke down. We had a list of 50. We got it down to 32. And then we put it off into four sections of a bracket. And we had them going up against each other on Twitter. And round one ended today. Uh, this is something really awesome that's going on, on Twitter. It's had a lot of fun debates going back and forth. If you haven't seen it at all, go to our Twitter account, at Scooter Big Man Pod or at Scoot Big Man Pod. And you will be able to kind of see the voting for round two that's going to be starting up tomorrow. Uh, Pat's going to kind of go through the round one matchups right now, tell us who won which one, and uh, if we have any comments on uh, what happened in round one, we'll we'll I'm sure we'll share that now too. So Pat, the floor is yours. Hey hey hey, it's Pat here. How hey, you doing? Pat. How you doing? Two to oh. your mother. Uh, so, yeah, so we broke it down to four uh, regionals. Uh, first region was Flushing. We had uh, the number one 86 World Series going up against the number eight Matt's debut, and obviously the 86 World Series won. We had the number four Wright's last game going up against number five acquiring Keith Hernandez, and uh, number four Wright's last game won. Number three, Bartolo Colon's home run went up against Todd Pratt's NLDS home run. Number three, Bartolo Colon's home run won. A lot of controversy online. Some we had a very, I believe, NYJ uh, Mike was uh, the lone person really rooting for Todd Pratt's NLDS He's home pulling run. for it. He He's really point. pulling for it. Uh, number two, Andy Chavez catch over the number seven, Alonzo wins home run derby. Uh, that was a flushing. God, I forgot we did a lot of these fucking ones. Pat, why don't you just uh, say the round two matchups then if you don't want to go through them all? Yeah. I'll, no, I'll just say who went over them. That's fine. All right. Round round two matchup. Actually, that's fine. Then round two matchup. Uh, Johan's no hitter is going to go up. number one. Johan's no hitter is going to go up against number four. Alonzo's home run record. Uh, number six trade for Cespedes. Uh, number six seed. I think the lowest seed in the uh, the bracket is going up against the number two Buckner play. Well, get, get your popcorn for that matchup. We got the number one Piazza nine eleven home run is going up against the number four Seavers near perfect game. The number 386 NLCS game six. That's another thing we got to get to after this, but the number 386 NLCS game six is going up against the number two Grand Slam single. Didn't know what that was. I had to look it up. And then lastly, we got, can you hear me like just pounding my keyboard? Yes, I can. Okay. The, <laughs> that's space bar taking a beating. The number one 69 World Series is going up against the number five ass in the jackpot. And the number three, Wilmer's walk-off is going up against the number two, Cohen buys team. 
So uh, exciting stuff. No, uh, great turnout on Twitter. I think we had like 50 plus votes for like each bracket. So we had a lot of good no, interactions cool. with them. A lot, a lot of people, no, cool. uh, some, some mad at what wasn't included. Can't have everything in there. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I was getting chirped uh, by someone named Colleen. I'm sure she doesn't listen, but if you do, Colleen, uh, for not including a Jacob DeGrom moment. And it was kind of hard to pick a singular Jacob DeGrom dominance moment. Uh, the only thing that like really stood out was either his NLDS start, where he pitched against the Dodgers and struck out double digits, or his all-star game appearance, where he struck out the side on like 10 pitches. But we already had an all-star game in there with uh, Harvey starting at City Field, and we really didn't want to double dip. So that's why Jake kind of missed the cut. I will say this. I'm actually a little bummed out that Harvey got knocked out in the first round by Seaver's near-perfect game because like, when it's overall for the franchise, I think Harvey starting an all-star game at their home stadium is cooler than almost throwing a perfect game. But I guess the old-school retro Met fans – uh Knocked out my boy, the Dark Knight. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited. Um, obviously, the World Series championships are going to be favorites, but who knows? Maybe a fan beloved moment. You got Bartolo's home run, Wilmer's home run. You got some moments in there that might be able to upset some people. I'm going to be pulling for the ass in the jackpots. It's legitimately my favorite moment of all time uh, to, to go over the, the 69 World Series. I agree, though, that Todd Pratt's home run uh, to, significant. Sent, to sent to win the NLDS is um, that's a fucking huge moment. And, and to, to lose to Bartolo, um, you know, we'll see. That's all. We'll see. I, I'm yeah. upset that that happened, but Mike made a good point. But yeah, he was he was totally right on his point. Like the Bartolo Homer is like is really cool. And it's like it's Bartolo. He was like a such a lovable, a lovable guy in the team. But the, the Pratt Homer is more is like bigger and more important than the regular season home run. So, yeah, we're going to be dropping this episode uh, today, uh, Monday, that you're listening to it or whenever you're listening to it. But it's going to be coming out tomorrow. Well. The episode drops tomorrow, which is Monday, and we will be dropping the March Madness round two matchups also tomorrow. So listen to this episode, which you already are. Thank you. And then you can do some voting on round two. PJ, what do you got? I have one more thing that I, I found interesting. Some people saying uh, there's some David Wright hate in the in the comments of this saying that, oh, like he shouldn't be over. I think it was like. Keith. It was Keith. Yeah. Like Keith was, he was great, but there's no need to slander David Wright. They're like, Oh, David Wright never won anything. All right, cool. David Wright's still an iconic Met. He's David Wright is our generation's Met. When you think of the Mets of our generation, I think, I think of David Wright. I think of Josh Tolley, but yeah, David Wright's up there. Mike Nicky is too, I guess. Yeah. But no, yeah, I, there's some unprovoked shots at, at David in the, in the comments. I didn't appreciate that. Yeah, no, I, I saw that. Someone was like, Keith was the missing piece to a championship culture and, and won a championship. And they're like, David Wright did absolutely nothing. He didn't win anything. I was like, all right, you could calm down. I also want to say if if we left out a moment, uh, tough shit. You can make your own bracket next time. There's also people being like, oh, they left out a lot of negative moments. If you didn't tell, we tried to do a positive bracket. This is the new regime. We are excited for the new beginnings and positive things coming around the New York Mets. No negatives. As a guy who doesn't know much about like New York Mets history, seeing those replies of, oh, they missed out all these negative moments. I was like, wow, you guys really fucking, you've been through the ringer. There was, there was a, there was a bracket <laughs> that came out like last year. That was all the negative moments. That, there was, there were 64, a complete 64 team bracket. And there probably could have been more. Um, all right. That being said, let's get into our breakdown. We are going to break down our top five favorite MLB, not favorite, but the top five best yes. lineups in major league baseball right now. Um, Pat, 
how'd we do on this, buddy? Oh, we did great. All right. Uh, just so d- we did AL West, right? Yep. Pat, come on. NL Central. AL, AL All West. right. All uh, right. So why don't we each go and say our five, and then we'll just break it down till we all get to one. Uh, Pat, you want to start? You want to go Pat, PJ, Brian on this? We can do that. All right, Pat. Number all five right, so lineup I, in all of Major League Baseball. I, uh, my number five, I'm going to go uh, the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, my old my old sweetheart, uh, Anthony Rendon. Uh, big shout out to him. Uh, I mean, you got that. You got uh, Shuhai and Tani, uh, who I have a close but okay. drills drills the ball over the, over the, the fence. Uh, and Mike Trout. Uh, so, I mean, like, you can't, you can't beat those three. Uh, is, is pool host still on that team for another year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That four unstoppable number five. Yeah. Uh, Pat, a noted Kurt Suzuki. I didn't mention that Kurt Suzuki is also on the angels. Yikes. Oh, yikes. Wow. wow. That's tough. All right. I'm, I, don't well, think I, I need, I need, I need I to do a last my, my hotel room. I don't think he's going to start for them. Like, I think next season he's going to start. That's what that's what's listed on the depth chart. But he's on the and team. That's, Pat, that's bad that's, on you. That's why the Angels won't go anywhere because they're dumb. But they're the fifth best line. Do you want me to just do my five? You want me to just do my five real quick so then you guys can actually have a conversation? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I, yeah. I'm go not do that. Input um, number four, uh, the Padres, uh, Tatis. Uh, that's it. <laughs> uh, sorry, Tatis Jr. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't what you messed up. <laughs> uh, Fernando, Fernando Tatis Jr. Am Go on, keep going. Is, what's wrong? Tatis. Ta- More emphasis. Takis. Tatis. Yeah, Takis. Yes. Uh, number three, the Yanks. Uh, I mean, Stanton, Gleber Tor- Torres. This is just, I, I hate, this is what you guys are doing. You're making me do this shit so that you can hear me pronounce these names that I can't pronounce. Absolutely. Gleber Tor- Torres. Torres. Uh, uh, Aaron Boone. Uh, <laughs> He's the manager, right? That, that just oh, we'll like Aaron manager. I felt like a manager name. Uh, number two, uh, I don't know. How are the A's doing? The A's good? <laughs> the, A's, the, the A's have that Seaman guy, right? Simon? <laughs> Simeon? Nope. Same. He's not on the team anymore. All right, then I scratched that one. Number two is going to be the uh, Texas Rangers. Uh, Prince Field, they're still on that team, right? Uh, for like five years. All right, well... we'll We'll grandfather him in. All right. Number two, the Rangers. And number one, the Washington Nationals. I mean, those stats. Carter Kaiboom. That was the number one bat he mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) Not the best player in the team. Kyle Kyle Schweierbauer. All right. Thanks, Bill. Also, can I just say real quick that I was like watching our YouTube videos back and maybe I called it before I even knew it, but the mystery person I wanted everyone else on like social media to figure out for like the name that player was Josh Bell. So did I talk it into existence for the Nationals to pick him up? And by you, pick him up, I mean uh, trade him. I think and he was yes. on the team when you said that. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. No, because the picture I used was him as a uh, what's his face as a Pittsburgh. That doesn't player. mean anything. He could have just not had photos of the Nationals yet. You think you think I would have put a non a Nationals player in a non-Nationals jersey? Yeah, when he didn't, boy, he could have just not. You've been All sipping right. that mean he, whatever. juice. Whatever, PJ, ignore him. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll go first then, I guess. Uh, I think my number, my number five lineup is, uh, it's going to be the Yankees. They had, I mean, you know, we don't talk about the Yankees, but they have a really good fucking lineup. I mean, you have when everyone's, when everyone's healthy is a very key thing. 
Like when Aaron Judge is healthy and stands healthy, those guys mash. DJ LeMahieu is a tank in terms of just a overall great hitter. Luke Voigt bled the AL in home runs last year. Like this, Glaber Torres is a legit great player. Like this is a good team. Only thing is, like Gary Sanchez sucks, but that's like a that's not the one like negative I can see in that lineup uh, as, as I have it in front of me. Okay. Do you want? To, why don't you just do your one through five? Because I want to do one like, through five. Yeah, I don't want to give away anything I got yet. Oh, but I can give away everything I have. That's cool. Pattern already gave did. all his at. It feels good. Don't worry. Just get it off your chest. <laughs> um, my number four is actually going to be the Mets. I, I do love this lineup. Uh, we've talked about it ad nauseum, so I'm not going to dive completely in because we've talked about them a bunch. Uh, top top to bottom, uh, there's there's killers all over the place. You know, you have uh, Nimmo at the top is a on base machine. You have legit. MVP candidate Francisco Lindor. No matter how you kind of stack this lineup, I got into a little bit of a, a conversation with a friend of mine. Shout out Zach or Alex. I still can't tell you apart. They're twins. Um, but I got to a, a conversation of what I would do with the lineup. And you kind of put anyone anywhere and it's still a good lineup. Um, my number three is going to be uh, the White Sox. This is kind of the surprise scene when I was going through all of these teams, I didn't expect to have the White Sox on there. But when I actually looked at their lineup, Tim Anderson is a low-key MVP candidate. That guy has swag. He is also just really fucking good at baseball. They had last year's MVP, Jose Abreu. Yasmani Grandal is a killer. And they have three young studs in Eloy Jimenez, Yon Moncada, and Luis Robert. So that's my number three lineup. My number two is the Braves. We've talked about the Braves a lot, too. Uh, they're one through four of players like Acuna, Freeman, Albis, Ozuna are deadly. And then just add on Dansby Swanson, who is a pest, will always be a pest to the Mets for years to come. Uh, Darno was great last year. If he can replicate that, that's scary. Austin Riley can hit the shit out of the ball. It, there's a, a really, really, really good team. And my number one is the Dodgers. It was Dodgers for rotations, the Dodgers for the lineup. They're the defending World Series champion, the best team in the league for a reason. There's not like a real weak spot in this lineup. Betts, Betts and Bellinger are MVP candidates every single year. Corey Seager, last year's World Series MVP, could be a regular season MVP candidate if he wants to be. He's really good. There's not, there's really not a weak spot in this lineup I can see at all. And you also just add Justin Turner in there just because. Yeah, they, they just made my top 10. Yeah, I was just about to, I was literally just about to ask Pat, where did you have the Dodgers if they weren't in the top five? Uh, I think they were like the first man in. So 10. All right. Wow. Six. Yeah. I had yeah. White Sox at eight. Okay. Well, I'm happy to say we do have some differences. Okay. Um, so I don't want to use, I'm trying to think where I want my focus to be. Number five lineup that I have is actually going to be the Toronto Blue Jays. My number five spot was really tricky because there's a lot of teams that I could have went here. I feel like there's a lot of teams like on the bubble of being that top five lineup, but I just love this young core. Um, you know, they added George Springer. That's a veteran bat. They added Marcus Simeon to that uh, lineup as well. Um, those are two stud all-star players added to that young core, core of Bochette um, and Vlad Guerrero Jr. So I'm excited to see what that lineup can do. I think they're going to be explosive. It's a shame that team really can't pitch too well. Um, because I think they would be nasty in the East. 
Uh, I'm sticking with the young cores. I really do believe in this like youth movement going on around baseball. Number four, I do have the White Sox. Um, very similar to everything, kind of what you just said. I, I, I'm excited for this team. And I think seeing them in a full 162, uh, you got the fucking AL MVP of Jose Albreu in that lineup too, with all these young guys around him with Tim Anderson as well. Like you, everyone focuses on Tim Anderson, the dude who just won MVPs sitting over at first. So that's going to be a good lineup for them. Uh, my number three, I do have the New York Mets. Uh, like you just said, Mets lineup from top to bottom is they're just deep. They're deep. Every single position, if you match them up next to other lineups, it's hard to find many that like can beat them overall. Like when you line up like first base comparison, second base comparison, the Mets are just such a deep overall team and they're going to mash and they're going to score a lot of runs. And that's going to be a lot of fun to watch this season. Um, so really excited about that. Unfortunately, I do think the Yankees have a better lineup though. So I do have the New York Yankees as the number two. Um, the Yankees are kind of, I don't want to say they're a what if team because I think they're going to be a playoff team regardless, but it, the what if is if this team stays healthy with the rotation and their lineup, the Yankees are going to destroy uh, a lot of baseball teams. Um, that being said, like you just said, if judge can stay healthy, that is a huge if that hasn't really come to fruition since like almost like his rookie year. But if Aaron judge can stay healthy, we know that he is capable of 50 plus home runs and an and MVP candidate in his own <laughs> Pat just dropped something and scared. the All shit right, out Sorry. Of continue. I just love that. take. <laughs> I don't, I don't love that take, but I'm going to be honest. The Yankees, um, that lineup is just absolutely just everywhere. All over the field is absolutely incredible. So um, those subway series matchups this year are going to be a lot of fun. I will say that they're going to be some really good games. Um, on top of that too, number one, clear cut Dodgers. Dodgers is just the best team in baseball uh, with the lineup, with the rotation. Going to be hard to beat the Dodgers this year. I think the NL goes through them. Um, just real quick. I know we're, you probably have some bubble teams, some of my bubble teams. Uh, I think the Twins just missed. I think the Braves just missed. Uh, and the Padres for me were the the three that I was having a hard time rotating out with the Blue Jays. Yeah, I have um, – I, I like all of your – I like all of your teams too because they're all going to be around there. Like I have the Blue Jays kind of just missing too. You know, the only problem I had with the the Blue Jays and I couldn't put them in the top five for me, it's that, yes, yeah, Springer, Semyon are are both really great additions. Um. But you talk about the the youth guys. Like I like Bichette, I like Vlad, I like Kevin Biggio. But none of those guys, aside from Bichette last year, kind of like had his kind of breakout. Uh, Vlad's still kind of not a stud yet. He he can mash, but he's not he's not at what his his hype is at yet. I think he can definitely get there. I think he he could be a breakout candidate this year. And with with Biggio, it's the same thing. He hasn't been there yet, so it's. A lot of potential, but not there yet. So I didn't, I couldn't put them in the top five. Uh, I do want to add though, uh, Loudris Guriel might be the most underrated player in the league. That dude is really fucking good and gets lost in that lineup. Yep. Um, the other team I had there in there is the Padres. Tatis Machado, two studs in the middle of that lineup. Hosmer's still good, but kind of that, that outfield. Uh, I just think there's there's better teams out there. And the reason I do want to say the the reason that I had the Yankees at five and you had them at two. Uh, it's just the the what if for me. It's the yes, this lineup is is very good, uh, but there's such a what if uh, between Judge and Stanton that I as like a, a justification, can I put them higher than than five? 
when healthy there, they would probably be around that two or three, honestly. Pat, who just missed? Uh, the, uh, the San Francisco Giants. Okay. They just need one more, one more bat, and they'll be in the top ten, take over the Dodgers spot. Wow. All right. Well, Pat, we're not going to go for your baseball knowledge on this one because we're going to get into our actual draft, which is the draft of upsets. And our draft order this week is going to be PJ, Brian, and Pat. Are you ready? Is everyone ready? I'm ready. Pat, can you play the draft music? It's the draft time. Do, 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 do. All right. We can cut that. PJ, go. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of number one picks here. There's a lot of good picks. No, that there's can go number one. one. There's wow. a lot of good picks that can go one. Pat, you literally just made your draft. Like I'm still making my draft. <laughs> uh, I think the number one upset uh, is the U.S. over Great Britain in the Revolutionary War. Wow. Maybe the biggest upset in the history of history. Where were we the upset, though? Yes. There's the massive upset. The, the power over the world, Great Britain, going up against a few colonies. If there, was not, a bet, if there was a betting line, it would be plus like 10,000 that the U.S. would win that war. PJ, that's a Brian Sarnelli pick to start the draft. I don't think so. That's a... That's, a, no, that, that's got Brian Stank all over it. I don't think yeah, so. That was on my was board it? that I thought I was going to grab late. No. Nah. That's a all great right, pick by me. All right. Well, then I feel good uh, taken right away uh, in, with my first pick. You got a 16 seed beating a one seed. March Madness is coming up. Uh, Virginia losing is still one of like the coolest things. I mean, they did have a cool comeback story winning the national championship the following year, but still 16 seed losing to 16 seed beating a one in March Madness is fucking wild. Brian, I know she didn't mention the 16 seed that won. That, that was also in the contention for my number one pick. I want to say that as well. It's a good pick. The Retrievers, but, my man. Yeah. Who? What, what's their What's their name though? I forgot. But UMBC. Yeah. You uh, yeah. I knew that it was, was going to be my first round pick. Wow. Okay. Now I'm starting. You're. I really don't have that many picks, so. This is going to be rough. Please don't take, please don't take, but like towards the end of my list, I'll be shocked if you take mine picks. Uh, number, I guess first round, I'm going to go uh, the, uh, one of the best 30 for 30s when in advance, I'm going to go NC State in the 1983 NCAA tournament when they went on a fantastic run. I guess it would still be considered an upset because I think they were the sixth seed and they had to be like a powerhouse team, Houston. They beat the number one seed. Uh, I just had the bracket up too. They they did have like a really strong stretch of just games where they uh UNLV, that's the team mm. eight, the number one seed UNLV that was like unstoppable that year. Fantastic. Win in advanced, coach V. Just fantastic. So that's my that's my first pick. It's a good pick. You have another pick now? Ah shit. Uh, <laughs> all right. This is this is where this is where we're gonna go to shit. Second pick. Uh, <laughs> second pick's gonna be movie theater audiences after Marley and me. Uh, if you walked out of, if you walked out of that theater with a dry eye, you're not a human. Uh, I mean, come on. I saw that in theaters and I remember like looking over once they put the dog down, spoiler alert. Oh, uh, <laughs> do we, uh, Pat, do you need to make another call for that movie experience? Uh, I, mm, no, 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 no call. We're already running long. We can't have that again. <laughs> oh man. Great movie. All right. uh, I have one of the greatest upsets ever, which is uh, USA hockey winning Mm -hmm. the Olympic gold over Russia. Good pick. Yep. I don't even need to like, really there was, that wasn't supposed to happen at all. 
So I picked I picked it first last week, so I didn't want to pick it first again. But if it was going to come back to me, I was going to pick it. I'm surprised Brian picked that just because I remember him being very pro USSR. Yeah, he, Brian was. Uh, just, he was. Brian I loved this photo red, the red somewhere of him with with Russian flags and the the sickle has, and anvil. He has the uh, you know the the fur hat that a lot of the the Russians wear, and it's yeah, it's hanging up right behind him. Vodka for eight weeks. Yeah, crazy. Wasn't even um, the Olympics. It was last Friday. It's I'm been a rough this, week. I'm glad this came back to me though. <laughs> I'm glad this came back to me though because I'm going to take the the 1969 Mets over the Orioles. Damn, okay. that was a a huge huge upset. Um, that was people people I don't know if they realize or just don't ever bring it up. That was the first time the Mets were ever uh, a team over 500 that year in '69. They're they're. Other best season was the year before in '98 when they went they won 73 games. They would they were an absolute dog shit team for their from the start of their existence up until then. Um, so then beating that insane Orioles team led by Jim Palmer and the, they had, they had like a four A squad was a huge upset at the time. Four 20 game winners. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, my next one, I'm gonna take. Uh, you know, it's college basketball season, but I'm gonna go to college football. I'm going to take Appalachian State over Michigan in 2007. One of the biggest, most shocking upsets in college football of this century, I would say. Uh, App State was an FCS team at the time. They went into the big house and took them down a blocked field goal in 2007. Not bad. Okay. It's a good pick. I was there. Uh, no, you weren't. Not a shot. Mentally, uh, yeah. Okay. I don't even know how that happens, but um, – all right, I'm going to go third pick. I'm going to go the New York Giants beating the 18 and 0 New England Patriots. Yeah. One game pick. away from project one one game away from perfection in the Super Bowl and the scrappy wild card Giants come in and shake a ball up and win a championship. So I was at the second Giants Pat Super Bowl, fun fact. Sick brag. <coughs> Pat, this Sorry. is usually when you draft. Oh, it's my turn. Uh all right, so I Got a steal in the second round. Uh, I'm going to go uh, average Joe's beats global gym in dodgeball. Good pick, Pat. It's a very good pick. I had that on my board. That's, I mean, like you talk about, you talk about the movie. It's a great movie. Uh, great, better competition. Uh, I think it speaks for itself and not because I haven't seen the movie in a while. So I can't really dive into the details of what happens. But I just know average Joe wins. Uh, Next my number, f- my number four pick is going to be Brian's stomach when he eats ice cream. Uh, Brian, <laughs> Brian's body hates ice cream. It's a bad pick. It's it's not because it's true. <laughs> it's a bad. I pick. just want I just want to make the graphic for that. Uh, <laughs> all right, yeah. I oh shit, no, I fucked up my notes. Uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks, Pat. Not it. I have one more pick, but yeah, we know. Um, all right. All too well. So pick four for me is going to be Joey Chestnut losing the 2015 Nathan's hot dog eating contest to, uh, to Matt Stoney. Uh, Joey Chestnut is an absolute mammoth of a man who just destroys these hot dog eating contests year after year. But, uh, everyone tries to erase 2015 from his record. The man took an L that day <laughs> on uh, July 4th. So Joey Chestnut lost in 2015. It's a good pick. Matt Stoney. I uh, I have my next pick. Uh, it's my fourth pick, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna take the the Toon Squad over the Monstars. 
Uh, there was a, uh, I mean, I've talked about, we, I talked about this game. What was it in the comeback the, episode? Comeback episode. Yes. Um, kind of same thing. No one thought, no one thought the Toon Squad would win a team with, uh, with Bugs, Tweety Bird, uh, the whole crew, the now canceled uh, skunk. I forget his name. Pepe Le Pew. Interesting that you would say a team that was the underdog had Michael Jordan on it, though. Yeah, the other team had five, uh, five NBA All-Stars. Actually, four. And uh, fucking what's his name? Bugsy? I don't remember his name. No. Fucking the, the really Charles tall. Charles Barkley, uh, Sean, Bugsy Bogues. Sean Bradley. Sean Bradley. Sean Bradley was just really tall. That's all it was. But he was a beast. Um, they, were, they were the underdogs that game. Look at the betting line. Um, and now my next pick. This is more of a, a niche, more a wrestling one that I want to take because I, I have to have a wrestling one on my, on my list. The biggest, the biggest upset of the early era of the WWF, it's going to be the former 1-2-3 kid over Razor Ramon in, on, on Raw. 1-2-3 uh, kid would turn out to be uh, X-Pac. It was an absolute shock at the time for, for anyone watching that. So that's my pick. That's a personal pick. I'll admit that. Razor uh, Ramon's expression after losing in that match too was hysterical. It was great. We won a fluke roll up. It was. It was a great. It was like a, a really like cool moment. Like one of the first like huge moments that ever happened on Raw. So that's my pick. All right. So I'm stuck on where I want to go with my last pick because I'm looking at my draft board right now, and I feel like this is a draft board that can win. And I have a fifth pick that's like a joke, which is like a vintage Brian pick. Or I have a pick that's like a safe pick that would probably seal a win. And I don't know if I go true to myself or if I go for the win. I think you should do whatever's going to make you, when you put your head on your pillow tonight and sleep, what's going to make you smile? Knowing that you got a win by playing it safe or knowing that you, you're happy. My fifth pick is going to be when the mom died and how I met your mother. Because that okay. was just so upsetting. So you okay. went, you went with the you want the pick that makes you happy. The you fact the, the fact that you fire. waited nine seasons and they kill her is such an upset. And then he ends up like went back with fucking Robin. Spoiler alert: if you haven't seen the show, it's been out forever. But the fact that that happened is the biggest upset ever. That they literally take nine nine seasons to fucking meet this bitch and they kill her instantly. So yeah, that's my pick. Yeah, no, it's it's I I like that pick. I will say though. Have you ever seen the alternate ending where she's just alive? I don't kind of, think so, actually. I, ha- I have seen that. It's just, yeah. It, either just, way, it doesn't really work out because they they have Ted with all these characters for like nine seasons, and then they throw one in in the last season thinking we're supposed to care about her. The logic, the logic behind it kind of makes sense. Why would you why would you tell this story from the from the beginning? And it's a, it's a story about how you loved Robin. It should have just been sense. Victoria. Should have been Victoria. Oh, fuck Victoria. Oh, Victoria I sucked. Victoria oh, I love Victoria. Oh, oh, Victoria was the mm. only Victoria. Every interaction Ted had with Victoria, she was always like knew exactly what Ted was thinking. I mean, they, they fucked up her storyline like with the last bit when like she blows off the engagement. But did you like Ted I'm, with Rob? Did you like Barney with Robin? Nah, that was kind of weird. I didn't. I didn't I like that I, at all. I I. Kinda, I kind of saw it because it it Uh, wasn't really. It was more just about Barney having to do his own thing. Like no one, Barney like wasn't gonna settle down. But then they somehow made it where he would. But then Robin was the one who like needed to like was had a job and like go. Like it was they 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 made that storyline weird. But I I did like it was a it was a struggle between Barney. 
it's the same thing as fucking friends pat when rachel and and uh joey end up together it was like putting a random couple together just to put them together it was was forced also speaking of friends man joey gets the shit end of the stick in that one literally everyone ends up with someone and is happy and then joey's just single gets a shitty spinoff show and then dies he gets he gets a chicken like you didn't like the show joey I honestly don't think I've watched more than one episode. Of Joey. I don't think anyone did. No, I didn't. I, I didn't even know that show existed until you just said it. Yeah, Joey. I think it's one season for like twelve episodes. Uh, Pat, you want to give your 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 last and final my pick? last pick? This is just like I don't know why. It's like my my they need to do tests on my brain. Yeah, they because do. this is this was one of the picks that immediately came to my head, but I have to say it now, and I know I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to give my honorable mentions, and you're going to go. You're an idiot. Why did you not choose these really solid picks as your? What's going to make you happy when you go to sleep at night, Pat? Oh, this pick absolutely. I'm going to go uh, King Arthur upsetting against the dragon in Fairly Odd Parents episode of Nighty Night. It's when they start the episode off, and it's the kid who can't. He's like, I can't see, and then uh, the the wizard makes him like go up, like try to slay the dragon, and then they finally he finally gets glasses, and he goes, I can see. I can fight. And then he gets killed by the dragon and then they bring him back to life. <laughs> he does it again. It's a great episode, but yeah, no one thought the little dweeb was going to be, and then he somehow gets jacked when he puts glasses on. It's a great, hey, the, the graphics going to be perfect. Happens to me all the time. The fact That's that Mar- my, Marley and go. me, I could <laughs> Marley and me and this are going to be on the same graphic. Yeah. What a, a sad dog. Yeah. And then sad dog <laughs> and a and a nerd a little dweeb, uh yeah all right so then my that's that's, that's it, it right that's it yeah all right, so I'll just pull I'll just get my honorable mentions over uh I had uh Luke Skywalker versus the Death Star uh because I mean no one thought it was gonna no one was gonna destroy the Death Star and Luke Skywalker did it uh, I thought I had more picks but I don't uh, and then I had me in this draft but I couldn't even. I couldn't even pick that as a pick because <laughs> I know I'm not going cool. <laughs> to. Uh, yeah, I had the, the Rebellion. It's a solid pick. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't pick it up. I'm going to be totally honest. It would have been a good pick. But I also had uh, uh, Joey Wheeler and Yu-Gi-Oh! versus literally everybody. Uh, Brian, you have any honorable mentions? Uh, yeah, the thing that I was close to picking was the Super Bowl three Jets against the Colts. Mm-hmm. That probably would have won you. That probably would have been the sealer. But... Goes to make you happy. I, I respect that. I went with what made me happy. I respect that. And that is the path less traveled by. Um, you guys got anything else? Uh, no. Make sure you vote for March Madness round two. Uh, we got a couple of great uh, shirts out right now. Go buy a shirt if you want to rep your favorite pod. Pat dropped a shirt for his mom's quote that says, "When did the moon land?" Uh, and that, honestly, fire it's a, shirt, fire it's a shirt, fire fucking it's a good shirt. shirt. Uh, anyone who's bought a shirt through us, uh, you probably have now realized that for some reason they are the softest shirt that you own. Um, so make sure you tell all your friends. Also, if you're buying shirts and listening to the pod, we would appreciate if you left a review of the podcast and gave us a rating as well. Um, the more really helps us out, the more reviews, the more ratings, the better for us. So if you like listening, please leave us a review, leave us a rating. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're two weeks away from the season. We got some big stuff coming up ahead. So, uh, Stay with us. We got some cool things going. Uh, also, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Scoop Big Man Pod on Instagram and TikTok at Scooter Big Man Pod. 
uh, say it every week. And if you have any suggestions on things you want to see, just hit us up, DM us, whatever, interact with us. We love it. Um, yeah. Can't wait for, can't wait for, for baseball in two, uh, real baseball in two weeks. Shout out Prince Fielder. Meet the Mets, fuck the rest that last, cause you're listening to the best sports podcast. We got Brian with jokes that make you laugh on the floor. He's a nine of bass like Brennan M.O. PJ's the man, so many hearts to steal, like a squirrel from a nut, call him Jeff McNeil. And then this pack, keep it everything rational. Too bad the fuckers are a fan of the national. Stop us, please, we ain't that slow. Push your ball so far like Peter Alonso. So sit back, relax, and if you're a Mets fan, cause you're about to witness, screw it in the big band. <laughs>